Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The man who's going to shepherd you through the night every 15 minutes with scores. The star of our show is Network Indiana's Brendan King. Be with you back in the saddle on a Saturday night here on IST. And let's get used to it, Coach. It's going to be a great offseason back with you on the big show. As you talked about, a lot of football to talk about from today. We'll talk all about Notre Dame's 41-17 win over Central Michigan. Indiana fell at Lucas Oil Stadium against Louisville 21-14. And once again, a battle between Jeff Brom and Tom Allen goes the way of Brom and his Louisville Cardinals. Ball State hammered Indiana State 45-7. And then happening right now, start of the third quarter, Purdue down two touchdowns against Syracuse. That's 21-7. Hudson Card, of course, the former Texas Longhorn, transferred to Purdue and now playing in West Lafayette. 18 of 24 in that first half with a touchdown and an interception. We've got some high school football scores from today as well. We'll talk some small college football as well. A preview of tomorrow in the National Football League. Start number two for Anthony Richardson in an Indianapolis Colts uniform. Will he see, though, C.J. Stroud, the number two overall selection from this draft? Stroud is questionable. That and more on the way on IST Tonight. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football today. I love this game. I love the fact that uh, two of our state institutions square off with one another. Indiana State, Ball State today. The Cardinals win this one 45-7 over the Sycamores. The voice of the Cardinals, Mick Tidrow, joins me. Mick, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you taking time. I know you've had a long day. Your Cardinals played awfully well today. Yeah, Bob, I appreciate you having me on the show. And Ball State really looked strong in the second half in particular. 28 points in the fourth quarter was a great way to cap off uh, bringing the Blue Key victory bell back to Muncie. And the the start by the defense really set the tone, Bob. I think it was just a a three-phase win for Ball State, offensive, Mm -hmm. defensive, and special teams. And it's one of those those games you can look back on the tape and and really say that they had everything going for them. Well, I think, uh, you know, they have. And I think you go back to the daunting schedule that the Cardinals have played to start with. I mean, seriously, you talk about uh, playing those kinds of games that they've played in, in non-conference, preparing you uh, what for what you hope will be a successful MAC uh, schedule. You, you get out there and take some of that frustration and some of the losses that you've endured when you're out there in a game like today with Indiana State. Absolutely. I think Ball State was looking forward to being at home for a couple of reasons, but at the same time, right. uh, just having the chance to, to come off of playing two SEC opponents to begin the season and, and have that chance, like you said, to take out their frustrations, but also to, to fine-tune some things. And, and, Bob, one of the biggest things was where's the running game going to be at after the first two weeks? And Ball State was the first ones to admit that, hey, we need to get that going again against Indiana State and right off of the, the jump, Marquez Cooper and Rico Barfield set the tone, and both of those two are instrumental and phenomenal today on the ground game. So that was one of the areas that was highlighted to, to make sure that it was um, a key and of an, an importance, and they got that done. 
I think we all understand how important it is, and, and but it, it, you know, it complements a, a passing game that has been successful and will be uh, under Mike's tutelage. You know, we, you know, former quarterback kind of you know is able to bring that knowledge to his quarterbacks, and they're pretty good. But I, clearly, this is a game where you salute the, the defensive effort, uh, doing a great job, and only allowing one score by Indiana State. Yeah, Bob, the, the two plays that stood out um, from Indiana State's offense were 44-yard pass. The first half, that Ball State's defense recovered from and didn't allow a score. And then the 49-yard touchdown pass from Indiana. Those were like two big plays that the Cardinals will look back mm-hmm. on tape and said, okay, we didn't defend it well there. And then maybe one of the runs that Indiana State had early on. But outside of those three plays, Cardinals' defense was really rock solid all across the board. Uh, Tyler Red Potts with the interception was – Phenomenal. I'll tell you this, Bob. The Red Pots didn't get to play a whole lot last year and in years past because of how good the defensive back group was for the Cardinals. But (laughs) I think that Red Pots has a chance to be an all-conference defensive back in the Mid-American Conference this year just based off the way that he's played the first three weeks. He shut down Brock Bowers, an All-American tight end, Georgia last week, and had an interception this week. He has been so good. And Lauren Strickland helped pop a ball free to force a fumble, and Keontae Newsom recovered it for the 66-yard score. So defensively, everybody was just so sound the entire game. And a defensive line that we've heard so much about with its experience and its depth with four right. sacks, it was a very complete performance. Well, now they've got to put that one in the books and uh, get ready for a good Georgia Southern team coming in next weekend. Yeah, Georgia Southern just comes off of a 35-14 to 14 loss against Wisconsin, but they were tied 7-7, to seven, I believe, at, at halftime. Right, yeah. Um, so they played very well for the first half of football. They turned it over six times. That, that's the big issue for Georgia Southern and mm-hmm. Wisconsin. But when you look at what that team brings, they're always super well coached. They run a very steady offense, and their defense just keeps getting better too. So when you look at Georgia Southern, it's a team that Ball State was familiar with from last year. Um, and the teams have both changed quite a bit, different quarterbacks for both squads. But I think the one thing remains is that Georgia Southern is aggressive on offense and not afraid to take risks like they did against Wisconsin, and sometimes it pays off, sometimes not. But I think one thing you'll always know is that they're going to give you a very good style of offense, and it's one of those matchups that it's it's a great matchup to prepare you for a Mid-American mm-hmm. Conference play and in a really fun way, Bob, to finish up the non-conference schedule. Mick Tidrow is the voice of the Ball State Cardinal football team today. They beat Indiana State 45-7, taking on Georgia Southern next Saturday. Mick, thank you so much for the call. Have a great week. Bob, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show, and go Cards. You're welcome. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. We're off and running. Let's talk some baseball. Howard Kelman. Well, we'll talk to Howard when we come back. Indians, Indianapolis Indians, we'll catch him after this short break on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. I mentioned Howard Kelman going to the break, ran up against it. We'll talk Indianapolis Indians baseball. Tough luck at the ballpark tonight for the Indians. Omaha beats them 9-2. Howard, thanks so much for the call. Tough night for the Indians. You know, end of the year, a lot going on, but uh, Omaha plays an awfully good game tonight. Hits the ball well against the Indians. Well, that's so true, Bob. It didn't start out to be a one-sided game. Omaha took a 2-0 lead. Indians got a run, and then Mason Martin, the Indians' first baseman, tied the game with a home run in the fourth inning. So we were 2-2 going to the bottom of the fourth, but Omaha got one, and a couple of innings later, got a big three-run homer from John Rave and just added on after that, and as you said, won the game 9-2. The Indians had beaten them three in a row. So they're now up three mm-hmm. games to two in the series. You, know, you can't you can't win them all, but this was not a good night. Well, I'm assuming we wrap it up tomorrow, right? The r- wrap up yes, this day game tomorrow, and that game tomorrow with Rowanzi Contreras on the mound will be the final road game of the Indians this season. They'll bus home after the game Sunday. It's about a ten-hour bus ride from Omaha. And they will open the final homestand of the season. They'll open that Tuesday, 635, dollar menu in effect, against the uh, Rochester Red Wings. And dollar menu in effect every Tuesday, and this will be the final one, a six-game homestand beginning Tuesday at Victory Field. You get one last chance, fans, to get out and watch uh, the Indians at the best ballpark in the country, and you get one more chance to get out and buy Howard's book, 61 Humorous and Inspiring Lessons I Learned from Baseball. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. He's really, really good. There's no better person than our good friend Howard Kelman. Howard, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Bob, as always, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. There you go. We got baseball, football, more football and more football. Coming up later on tonight, Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and Indiana Football Digest will join us as we recap week number five. Think about that. Think about this. Paul and I will be hosting the IHSAA Football Championship Pairing Show on Sunday, October the 8th. So go ahead and jot that down. Look at your calendar. That's not very far away. So October 8th for the Pairing Show. And we're both excited about that. We're also going to talk about the Colts and their matchup tomorrow in Houston. It's a 1 o'clock start. Should be a good one. Greg Raystraw will join us uh, a little bit later on in this half hour and talk about that. Plus, we're talking about IU uh, uh, today. We'll talk about that in the 10 o'clock hour. Talking about the Hoosiers. And uh, we'll also continue to talk college football Um Talk a little small college football, too, and have some fun. One of the reasons we're going to have a lot of fun is Brendan King in on scoreboard updates. He's coming up in a couple of minutes. Brendan King, how are you tonight? What's going on, Coach? Just uh, hanging out with my friends. How's that? Talking sports. Nothing better. Talking talking ball. Hanging out, talking ball. So tell me about your Notre Dame Irish. Well, Uh, Coach. Not much resistance today. They were pretty good today. 
Yeah, and to be honest with you, it was the first time I truly got to watch a Notre Dame game this year because really when good. we have talked well, over good. the last yeah, when we have talked over the last couple of weeks, it's really been me watching and cramming highlights after a South Bend Cubs game. So got to enjoy right. one. Right. And even though it was pretty close, you know, Central Michigan played a great first half, but look, when you have a Heisman uh, quarterback level guy under center as the Irish do with Sam Hartman they were able to pull away and he looks sharp but I think his big test comes next week and if he can find a way to beat the Buckeyes <laughs> then surely a thousand percent right. he is definitely in that right. Heisman conversation Brendan King coming up with another scoreboard update stay with us we got a lot of football to talk about on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. As we talked about at the top of the show, Colts and the Texans tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Start number two in the National Football League for Anthony Richardson. We're going to hear from AR with some sound coming up here at the top of the hour. But here's what I also alluded to. C.J. Stroud is questionable to play tomorrow due to injury. Now, by all accounts, if you check any tweets or X's or whatever you want to call them, it seems like Stroud is going to play, but he does have that cute next to his name for questionable. So we'll see if Stroud is in there. For what it's worth, Stroud made his NFL debut last week as well, losing 25-9 to Baltimore. Stroud was 28-44 of for 242 yards. He did not throw a touchdown. Of course, Richardson lost week one to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but definitely showed some signs. And those two guys, number two in the draft, number four in the draft, that has not happened often where two top five quarterbacks match up so early in the season as rookies. As Coach Coach talked about Notre Dame over Central Michigan, 41-17. Audric Estime, 20 carries, 176 yards, plus a touchdown. Louisville defeated IU at Lucas Oil Stadium, 21-14. So even though the Colts are in the Lone Star State, Lucas Oil was busy today. IU falls by a touchdown, even though Taven Jackson looked pretty good. 24-34, 299 yards. He had both a touchdown and an interception. You heard from Mick at the top of the show. Ball State blasted Indiana State, 45-7. Marquez Cooper, 22 carries for 177 yards plus a touchdown. And as we mentioned, third quarter, 9.30 to go. Syracuse, 21, Purdue, 7. That that second half just getting started. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Greg Rakestraw is the best at what he does. I don't say that all the time. I don't say that about many people. He is ubiquitous, intelligent and supremely talented. Today he had the Wabash and Butler matchup. Butler with the win, coming on late to win that game for the ISC Network. The one and only Greg Rigstraw. Hello, Greg. Hello, Coach. Pretty good game today. Really good game. It was, and you described it well. You know, Butler was the better team, make no mistake about it. They led 21-0, but Wabash got it back to 21-14. It was a 10-point game at halftime. It was a 12-point game uh, about mm-hmm. maybe to the fourth quarter. Uh, again, a couple of late touchdowns, one being a pick six that, that kind of capped the deal. But I think this is one of these dates bigger because of the difference in kind of the, the level of competition and expectation. Right. Both teams and both fan bases kind of walk away happy. And, and the coolest part about it was there are over 6,200 fans at the Selleck Bowl the first time these two teams have played in football in 47 years it was just Yikes. a really cool night i think everybody right. feels good about this one 
I'd feel you know what I'd feel good about watching anybody play in the bowl. Seriously, <laughs> right. it, it, it's, it is one of the best venues. Uh, I still remember the days uh, when the Hilton U Brown Theater was there, and you know, seeing shows. And I saw. I mean, I got off a plane from Miami, went out there and watched the Neville Brothers and uh, Little Feet back in the day. I love the venue, and it's even better to watch college football. It is, and and what they have done. Obviously, the stage at the end is no longer there, so no more concerts at the bowl. You got to go oh, to Clues on man. campus for that. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. In, in terms of, of of the press box and 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 kind of the, the donor area and just the way that it's built, you can still sit on the berm. It's uh, pretty cool. And, and there's yeah. a lot of a lot of wabash red on the berm tonight. A lot of wabash red in the building. Period. Um, but Butler fans also should be happy about their football team. You know, Mike Uremovich has come in, and I think has mm-hmm. changed the course of that program. They went seven and four last year. They're two and one this year. But again, it's it's, it's two and one that uh, I think they know right. they're a solid team. But kind of how they handle scheduling is so unique in terms of you have that one kind of annual game. Using it's an FCS power. This year was at Montana, and I thought they played well. Uh, I thought they were competitive right. in that game. Then you play Taylor and Wabash, and again, you, you dispatch of those two teams. Both those games that are being kind of you know solid four score wins. Um, I think mm-hmm. they can do some good things in the Pioneer Football League. We will certainly find out as of next week right. when they head to the land floor to take on the Stetson Hatters to open up PFL play. I mentioned that you're ubiquitous, and you certainly are. You you did this game today. Uh, you've got a little game you got to deal with tomorrow. Colts taking on the Texans. Um, you are everywhere, every place, all the time. Tell me about this matchup. It's a, a big one. We're hearing about uh, you know injuries. Is Richardson okay? Everybody good? Ready to go? Anthony Richardson's going to be just fine. Um, again, I think there was concern you know, at the end of the game last week that, that it was a, a kind of a, a shot to the head that he took uh, in, in right. kind of trying to effort for the goal line when the Colts were down 31-21 late. Turns out it was actually a knee uh, that he kind of had dealt mm. with uh, you know, beginning mm. of the game, and, and that's what kept him out. Um, I noted the fact that he did an interview, like, like a, a full media session after the game, that's, right. that's a pretty good sign uh, that he's not being checked. I think so. so. Yeah. So Anthony is going to be just fine. Um, you know, a couple of good things you know to add from that game last week. First of all, it looks like Zach Moss is going to play. Uh, and when Zach mm-hmm. played at the end of last year, um, right. you know, Zach was pretty solid. Is he Jonathan Taylor? No. Is he better than Deion Jackson? Yes. Um, was a lack of running game all on Deion Jackson last week? No. Uh, the offensive line's got to block a little better in the run game, but they were pretty good in the pass game. But at the same time, Houston's defense is not Jacksonville's defense. Uh, Jacksonville right. is, is you know, the best team, I think, in the AFC South, and, and I think maybe one of the better teams in the AFC. And so the, I thought there was more good than bad to take away from last Saturday's right. Colts effort. Uh, this is a game, even on the road, that I think it's one the Colts should win. Now, will they take advantage of the situation? We'll find out tomorrow <laughs> about 1 o'clock. Well, you know what? You also have a uh, Texans team. They need to win. There, there are not going to be a lot of wins right. on that schedule for this group. And, and so you have that dynamic at work as you get ready for this because they're looking clearly at this as a game, a very winnable game from their standpoint. No doubt about it. And C.J. Stroud is their rookie quarterback, second to pick overall. Of course, Anthony Richardson, fourth. D.J. is going to have a shoulder injury uh, from, from playing against Baltimore. My expectation mm. is that we see him tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, but it could be Davis Mills. You never know. So rookie quarterback versus rookie quarterback. I, I do think that if 
again, you look at the pieces on the rosters, I think the Jets have a more talented roster. Again, both these teams, they look at each other and say, hey, here's a good chance for a W. I think overall the Colts play better than the Texans did last week. Again, you go to Houston, it makes it a different story. Right. We'll see how things play out. But, again, I, I think this is a winnable football game for the Colts tomorrow. Running game is still a big question mark. I think we know that. I think it's going to be that way for a while, at least for the foreseeable future. You're just hopeful that it can be that it doesn't hurt them in, in a game like this. And again, I, I think the offensive line can play better. I, I think you know Zach Moss being back will help. And for right. those that you know kind of look at the situation and say, okay. You know, Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, wasn't there last week, obviously. He isn't going to be there until week five. Would Jonathan Taylor have made things better for the Colts last week? Absolutely. Was Jonathan Taylor guaranteed to have a big game last week? No, because, again, being there, there was not holes for Deion Jackson to run through. Um, right. You know, the, the right. running back carries last week were 16 for 25. Anthony Richardson was 10 for 40, but running backs were 16 for 25. I think Moss helps that. Again, Bob, I think the biggest benefit to the Colts is that they're mm-hmm. not playing the Jacksonville Jaguars this week because Jacksonville defensively is pretty doggone good. Right. Greg Rakestraw, I know you got a short turnaround. I appreciate you squeezing us in. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next week, and uh, go Colts. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Colts and the uh, Texans tomorrow on many of these same great stations around the state that bring you Indiana Sports Talk as part of Network Indiana. We're so glad that you are all with us. It is hard to believe that we are in season number 30. 30. Good gracious alive. What have I been thinking about for the last 30 years? (laughs) Having fun because the guys like Brendan King, Nathaniel Finch, and others. All right, top of the hour scoreboard update coming up with the man himself, Brendan King. We're back on Indiana Sports Talk.